and welcome back to another episode of Zap. My name's Beck. And my name's Jono. And Zap was formed on the basis that there is a lot of good quality journalism out there. And so this is the other stuff. We aim to make the good trash treasure by finding weird, wacky and wonderful news stories from all over the world. We then talk about them, we laugh about them and we make segments somewhat loosely related to them. But before we start today, Beck, I wanted to celebrate a couple of national days. And today we are celebrating National Dunce Day, D-U-N-C-E, Dunce, uh, as well as National Number Confidence Week. Um, And (laughs) I didn't know either of these were national celebrations. Me either. Um, But you can get them both uh, done at once by confidently doing some maths incorrectly. Or... um, I've thought of another way, which Hmm. is by measuring things with odd measurement units, such as tuna, (laughs) which can be done more easily with the help of our Tuna Dimensions t-shirt available at zapthepodcast.theprintbar.com. We are like less than a minute in and we've got a plug. So many layers to to this first (laughs) 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 minute. Um, But with that little shameless plug out of the way, let us jump into a little bit of obscure news. And Mm. today... We find our way over to the shores of Spain. Now, thinking back to a few of our Spanish news stories, I seem to have unintentionally hit like a theme throughout most of them. (laughs) Okay. Because, yeah, thinking back, um, most of them so far have been about food. I was going to say, is the Christmas ham one, was that... Yeah, the Christmas ham. That's that's um the ham sniffers. Yes, that was the ham one sniffers. from Spain. But then we had another um story within that same industry of ham, uh, which was the, the person who stole yes all the the special ham, the ham thief. And so today we are revisiting the holy ground that is strange Spanish food related news. Uh, and today is a, a roller coaster. Of events. Okay. Uh, so to begin, I want you to picture this scene. You are on holiday. In mm-hmm. Spain, you're out for a nice meal with your friends at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. The ham, food's perhaps? fantastic. Maybe ham, <laughs> perhaps ham. You don't know if this is genuine or or fraudulent ham. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's hard to taste the difference, which mm. makes it so easy to get away with. <laughs> um, <laughs> the food is fantastic. The service is too, uh, and it's a truly wonderful time. You notice a man sitting across the room, uh, and he's having himself a very luxurious meal with expensive food and drink. Uh, and his meal comes to his, uh, as his meal comes to a close, you notice him get up to leave. He doesn't ask for the bill. He instead just sort of casually walks towards the door. And you don't mm. think much of it, and you sort of continue your meal. But as you look up again from your plate, you see the staff arguing with the man. He's telling them that he needs to go to his hotel to go and get some money um, which is in his hotel, to pay the bill. But the staff are like, no, 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 you're not leaving here without paying the bill. And after Fair about enough. a minute <laughs> of this back and forth, the man starts clutching his chest and only moments later is on the ground having what looks like a heart attack. Oh. This is precisely the scene diners were met with at a restaurant in the city of Alicante. Uh, mm. However... Uh, All was not as it seemed, because this was no ordinary diner. This man was notorious. He had earned Uh. the nickname Gastrojetta, which from my very, very quick research, (laughs) roughly translates to gastro mug or gastro mugger, I'm assuming. Uh, Okay. Um, 
And so this sudden onset heart attack at the request for payment was uh, no strange act for the gastro jetter. In fact, getting out of paying for his meal via the pseudo heart attack was a trick he had pulled over 20 times (laughs) in the Alicante area over a year. Um, Oh, no. You've got to spread it out. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do them all I'm sure word travels fast in the hospitality industry. (laughs) Well, the, the thing is, his... This is like because this is like like twenty one or, or however many of these he's he's mm. done in this area. Um, the staff were not falling for this. Like right, I don't know if he right. if they'd heard about him before. Mm. Um, but he to earn like a nickname among like the hospitality scene. I feel like he must have. They must have known that yeah. this was. The, There's uh, probably the a sign jetter. of like him mid faking <laughs> yeah. the heart attack. Like the someone caught him in the act, and so that picture has just been sent around to all the local hospitality venues. And yeah, like, exactly. Seeing this, don't believe it. <laughs> exactly, and so seeing what what it was before them, the um the staff uh made the smart choice instead of calling an ambulance, called the police, um <laughs> because this man's act had finally come to a close. Um, and upon arriving, the police recognized the man and took him into custody. They actually recognized him. Yeah, they recognized him. So I'm wondering if maybe he'd been caught previously as well. Like, I don't, but also, right. My, my big thing about this story is that it seems like such an odd way to get out of paying for your bill, because unless you have are, are like trying to convince them that you're having a heart attack and you need to go take your heart medication and like leave the restaurant immediately like otherwise that that has to be your angle because otherwise the the staff are just going to call an ambulance and then surely an ambulance isn't free right like and going to a hospital for this isn't free i don't know exactly what the, with good insurance is could like be, in, yeah who knows Spain. <laughs> And so mm. maybe insurance, that's a good point. But you'd yeah. still have to, like, pay and then be reimbursed, wouldn't you? I don't know how travel insurance works. No, I mean, if, like, you have ambulance cover, True. then the ambulance oh, for him th- would be free. This this um was another detail is this was not a resident of, of Spain. Oh, this was okay, someone okay. who had travelled to Spain. So I that layer that on top right. of it. And so I feel like it would... It would be more expensive if if you keep yeah, getting no. like twenty <laughs> times ambulances are called for you, and you have to ride in oh an ambulance. Oh my gosh! And yeah, surely you pretend to faint instead, and then yeah, I don't know, surely have someone like take you over to the side. But also the fact yeah. that it happened conveniently as he was like, oh, I've just got to go get the money to yeah. like pay for this and meal. I feel like he could have timed that- it better. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't let them know you don't have the cash. And then yeah, fake the heart you've attack. Like had an argument with them about yeah. payment. You feigning a heart attack, I feel like is going to be less believable yeah. than if you're just sitting at your table and and supposedly have a heart attack. I don't exactly. know exactly. the The timing was all off, and I'm sure you. This is like something you thought as well, Jono. But this is a huge boy who cried wolf scenario, oh, yeah. right? Huge. Like this is the 21st time that he's done <laughs> yeah. it. Like, nobody's going to believe him. Nobody's going to believe him if it actually happened. So he's really treading on thin ice here. Yeah, it's 21st heart attacks with Adam Sandler. (laughs) But I don't know. It's it's currently unknown um, if the man will be facing jail time for this or even if he's still in custody. But one thing is for absolute certain in this whole story 
is that meal was to die for. <laughs> so, Jono, today we are talking about things that are to die for. And mm. I just had to talk about this thing that I have found online because it is I've, I've gone with to die for is in like oh it's so good that's you know oh, it's how to I've, die it's for. to die for it's so good so that's how i've related this into the broader theme of the podcast but boy have i found something so for those who we say this a lot if this is your first episode <laughs> yeah. zap the podcast as you probably gathered from the intro is fueled by weird news that was the oh, whole yeah. premise for this podcast it is honestly the thing that has got us to 133 episodes because the thing about weird news is that it just keeps on coming mm-hmm. and we're very thankful for that and there's one <laughs> yeah. particular corner of the world which honestly keeps the lights on in this place <gasps> because of the sheer volume of weird news that they produce and yes that is yes. Florida Yes. So, by now, I know exactly I, do you where, know where this is this. going. Yes, I've I have seen this article and I am so excited. Good. So, for those who are maybe catching on, you've probably heard of the Florida man phenomenon, which went viral a few years ago when people clocked onto the fact that there are so many bizarre news headlines that begin with. Florida man did so-and-so-and-so. So So much so that if you Google and type Florida man and then your birthday, a news article will come up that is a Florida man article on your birthday, something that happened on your birthday. So, for example, those who may have never heard of Florida man article before, there is some headline examples. We've got Florida man tries to steal rack of ribs by stashing it in his pants. We've got Florida man busted feeding iguanas to alligator in jail zoo. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. jail zoo? Yeah, that I didn't really (laughs) read that properly before. I'm actually not sure. Let me just quickly Google that on the side while I read. Okay, at what, like... (laughs) Okay, no, yeah, it's a sheriff's petting zoo, apparently. So it wasn't a jail. There was a little... Who looks at a jail and is like, you know what this needs? I think this needs like a a miniature pony ride and and some goats that people can Alligators, apparently. Yeah, alligators (laughs) at the petting zoo. (laughs) Another example is Florida man tries to evade arrest by cartwheeling away from cops. That was one of my personal favorites. And yes, (laughs) see, this is a great thing. All of those headlines are things that we would exactly cover on an episode of Zap. But... Some Florida residents have fully embraced this trend and they are making it into a sport. So, yes, there is an event happening actually the day before my birthday in February next year in Florida called the Florida Man Games, which is a day where the events are as unexpected as the headlines that inspired them. That's that sort of official tagline they've got going on. So... I'm not sure if you you had the chance to look into this, Jono, but the events are pretty wacko and they're very, very funny. So the events range, but are not limited to, weaponized pool noodle mud duel. No way. (laughs) Sounds very fun. 
There's that also, does. and a classic, this had to be in there, it's the evading arrest obstacle course. <laughs> so it's where they've set up a huge obstacle course. You have to jump over fences, apparently run through backyards, and you're literally chased down by fake police officers um, with, with your wild. goal of outrunning them. So I think that's very creative. There's also... just like training people to evade the police for various obstacles. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an, an interesting one. Uh, there's also the Category 5 cash grab, which is one of those where someone's <laughs> in like the wind blowing booth and they have to grab yeah. as much money as they can. There's also, and I love this one, it's very iconic, the mechanical gator, uh, which is like a mechanical oh. ball, but it's an alligator, which I feel like has been several Florida Man articles um, yeah. in the past. And of- the Irwin's out to that. Fire yeah, out. true, They'll true. smash it. <laughs> and of course, one more to mention, but yes, this is by no means all of them. There is also the Florida Man Games mullet contest, which oh, had to happen. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I feel like there'll be a good few Australians heading over there. Yeah, true. The we mullet took is took a few of these off. In. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. With 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 my job, the amount of mullets I see at high schools is just <laughs> astounding. And the amount of unhappy like schools there are. Like we'll go in right. for a photo day and if you go to some of the the sort of uh, more upper class schools um, on photo day. If a student comes in with a mullet, they ha- they can't have their photo done <gasps> on no the main way. day. They've got to they've got to go get a haircut um, no. for when we come back to do like any photos of absent students. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I didn't realize it was strict. that strict. Wow. Well, <laughs> get them over to Florida because <laughs> before they get their haircut. Now this this contest is just insane. They've gone so full out and the events are actually going to be judged. So you can enter some of them as teams or you can enter as as a solo competitor as well, but they're going to be judged by two former gladiators, which for those who don't know was like a show. I can't remember when it got popular, but I think maybe in the 90s. But yeah, like ex-gladiators. Yes. Yes. Actual from the show gladiators. It's it's open to all residents of Florida. Um, I'm not sure Surely people um, outside Florida can join as well, but everyone is competing uh, for what the organizers have referred to as the Gatorhead Trophy. So <laughs> a very prestigious award for one of the most prestigious games I think the, the world is yet to see. And John, I know we talked about next year potentially doing our Paris Cities of the United States road trip. And I I think we might just have to add the Florida Man games into the itinerary so we could experience this fully zap fueled event. Um, This will be like a like a zap gap year, like a Hamish and Andy gap year zap (laughs) edition. That's what I feel like this would be. I'm imagining we could even be the f- official MCs or something. Like maybe oh. I should submit some audio files and <laughs> get us a proper audition because this would be this would get us done for ten episodes. I reckon we'd get Absolutely. so much content from the just one. Just send day. them like like ten minutes of of takes of you just saying Walmart, and yeah. I'm sure that'll that'll get you in. <laughs> It's been a few weeks in the making, but I finally have an update on the so far untitled uh, Sewer Detective (laughs) series. Uh, The update, however, is not a name for the series. I'm undecided as far as the name goes. But with that said, I am open to suggestions. Um, So if you have an idea, keep an eye on the Zap the Podcast Instagram page, uh, not only for our ultimate showdown, which we've got currently going on for the drink that makes you go, ah. 
Um, but also, I might be asking for name suggestions for the series uh, once our first uh, pilot episode is out. Um, but back to the update. Um, I have done some brainstorming and some plot development. I'm fleshing out the characters a bit more. And as a result, I have a structure um, that I want to float the idea of. Uh, I have a plan and I have the beginnings of our our foray into this series. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to start, let's have a look at the, the structure, how this is going to work. Uh, and... As I've mentioned before, I want this to be a series of isolated stories. Like, I want anyone to be able to hear an episode and not need to know the entire catalogue of episodes before it to understand uh, or enjoy it. Um, But like most things with this podcast, um, I wanted this series to be collaborative. And for those who have stuck around with us for a while, you may remember how we wrote uh, a crime drama, crama novel inspired by KFC. Um, And in the writing... For that project, Beck and I would write alternating chapters where uh, Beck would write a chapter, then I would write a chapter. And so we didn't really know where the story was going uh, (laughs) until the final chapter where everything had to be wrapped up. Um, And I think that was really fun. Um, And it was an absolute roller coaster. It's um, a bestseller and, now, actually. Uh, oh, really? It's gone New on York a, Times yeah, is on it. Wow. Yeah, it's gone on a world book tour. It's wow. flying off the Without shelves. Without us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just so let rude. it do its own thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, and so my plan um, is, is this. Each of these isolated episodes will be written in two parts across um, episodes. One of us will write the setup to the story, so the first half of the story, and one of us will write the conclusion to that story. Um, so I think that'll be a lot of fun mm. because I envision that um, one of us will write a lot of setup, sort of getting like a setting and, yeah. and a theme and maybe a problem, and then the other one has to solve it, essentially. <laughs> so we could be really mean to each other. We could, um, yes. Not that we would. Just Weak. a little bit devious, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit cheeky. <laughs> so I, I think that'll be very interesting. Um, and at the very worst, I think um, a, little, a little bit of fun to listen to. Mm. Um, but as I have been sort of developing these characters um, and sort of general themes for uh, this series, I wanted to start out by writing a little pilot episode. Um, and the first little part of which I will be delivering today and the second part, of this pilot I will deliver in next week's episode. So uh, I think this will help set the tone for the sort of future of this series um, and help us get familiar with the characters. Um, And one other thing uh, I think is I I don't see, because it doesn't really have like a chapter structure like an undisclosed amount of fries, which is our KFC one, um, I feel like we can just every now and again, whenever we feel like it, bring in another episode of it so it can be this recurring thing that doesn't necessarily just have to be (laughs) week after week after week after week um so i think we can that'll be some fun it'll maybe give us some time to refresh and and think of new interesting plot lines as well Mm. so that's my plan um for it but without further ado let me present to you the beginning uh of what will hopefully be many more adventures in this as of yet untitled sewer detective series <clears throat> chapter one. <laughs> no, there's, no, there's no chapters. Um, <laughs> or like or that is that? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Good to keep track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10.36pm. Six minutes past close. 
The last pizzas were being finished as the kitchen cleared down and packed up. Giovanni sighed as he stepped out of his office to cash up the tills. It had been a slow night, but like clockwork, the usual characters departed the local bar and stumbled their way across the street to Giovanni's. It was good business, but a part of Giovanni wished he could close up shop before the bar did. And as the last few patrons staggered out and he closed up the shop, the night was finally over and he could finally get some rest. A few metres below, however, the night was just beginning. A cone of light waved around the tunnels beneath the city. The light gleamed off the walls, silhouetting three figures who crept silently through the sewer system, trudging through muck and stepping over what used to be rodents. These three figures of vastly different proportions continued through the mucky catacombs. There was Greg, a tall and gangly man with a certain air of control. Tony, a shorter, stockier man with a fiery temper. And Fee, a small and nimbler lady who was often underestimated. The three came to a halt, stood in front of a large metal door with bold red text that read, Private Property, No Trespassing. The gang were quick to ignore this warning as Fee, the smallest of the three, began picking the lock with her dexterous hands. A minute passes, then two, then three, all the while small metallic clicks echo softly through the tunnel. Four minutes, five minutes, and just as the sixth minute reared its ugly head, Fee felt a hand on her shoulder, or rather, moving her shoulder, as Tony pushed her out of the way and impatiently began yanking on the door handle. This was classic Tony. Tired of waiting, taking matters into his own hands, and normally, this kind of thing would get right under Fee's skin, but luckily for Tony, the door swung right open, revealing a lavishly furnished office. How anyone could keep a room leading off from a sewer so clean baffled the team, but only for a moment, as they had a job to do. You see, two weeks prior, the gang was returning from another successful job. This time, the target was a house in the bougie part of town. It was a textbook smash and grab with all the valuable goods below a nearby manhole cover before the sirens could even be heard. But as the team made their way back towards the stash through the sewers, they heard two voices. Staying hidden, they listened out as the voices exclaimed at the contents of the stash because before they heard the telltale sound of the bricks concealing the stash being put back in their spot. Once the voices had faded into the distance of the tunnels, Greg and Tony went to inspect the stash as Fee crept through the underbelly of the city, tailing the mysterious pair who happened upon their stash. The voices led Fee back to a door, the very door that today the gang had just stepped through. The team had only one thing on their mind, revenge. And that's where I leave us for today's episode. I was just like getting snuggled up with a... Yeah. like ready to dive in and <laughs> cliff. It's right there. So it's there. a bit of bit of a mysterious start. Yeah. We haven't properly met any of our characters yet, but we've met three three interesting people mm. who are up to no good. So My interest um, is peaked. I know. I'm I'm very excited for where this will lead mm. from here. Um I I haven't even fully written the next part, but I know where it's going. <laughs> Um, so it'll it'll have a similar we'll be as sort surprised of feel. as you as the <laughs> yeah, listeners exactly. as to what's next. <laughs> exactly, this will be exactly like what we're going to be doing, writing sort of uh, against each other in that yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm excited. Tuned, yeah, uh, listen in for next week where we have part two of our pilot episode, um, and we will hear the conclusion of this opening story, this foray into Ooh. what will be 
an un a, a, an untitled for now uh, <laughs> sewer detective series. Again, if you have any names uh, that you can think of um, for a sewer detective series, let me know mm-hmm. um, via our Instagram. You can DM us um, or keep an eye out because I might put up a story or a post yes. about it pretty soon. Um, but for now, enjoy the rest <laughs> of the show. <laughs> So it has come to the point in the episode where it is game time. And Jono, I feel like this is a game that you are going to be quite good at, actually. Like I was surprisingly... Ooh. Sorry, I don't mean to sound so surprised like that. But I feel <laughs> it's it's a, you know, from an outside observer, this would seem like quite a hard quiz. But with the yeah. understanding and layers of Zap, you will know that yes. Jono has... Came into possession one one fine day of an old <laughs> recipe book that had some of the most atrocious recipes we've ever heard of. Uh, oh yeah, Jono even did us a wonderful. Oh, I don't get, think it a was wonderful a wonderful gift. Thing. Oh yes, no, there's a lot of a lot of uh, sarcasm behind that sentence. But <laughs> Jono did even create um, some of these dishes. One of which was probably one of the worst things I've ever tasted yeah. before. One was surprisingly good, and that I'm talking about the yeah. onion peanut butter sandwich. It surprised yeah. me. I didn't it mind did. it. It surprised yeah. me as well. Yeah, it was like totally fine. It, it's like better than a good amount of the try it lives we've done. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But so where I'm going with this is essentially I know today we're talking about to die for, and when a dish in particular or like a meal is so good, a lot of people will describe that meal dish food item as to die for, like those dishes oh. that are adored, that to die oh, for. Oh, the veal is to die for. <laughs> exactly. The the onion and peanut butter sandwich <laughs> is to die for. <laughs> so today's quiz is going to be on dishes that are to die for. And I got these from lovefood.com. So you know oh. they're legit. But essentially... What this quiz is, is lovefood.com had a list of the most popular dishes from the past hundred years, I believe. Oh, snap. Okay. Yes. So they go in decades as well. So we're going from like the 1900s up and up and up. Jono, what I've done is I've gone A or B because I know it is pretty niche, um, but I wanted to give you a 50-50. I feel like if I gave four options for the years, we're really just... We're asking yeah. for trouble. And I feel like my expertise is particularly around the, the 60s um, of... Yeah. At least that's what my research has, yes. <laughs> has really gifted me knowledge on. So no, I, feel I like agree. But generally, I'm, I am grateful for this yeah. uh, decision you've made. <laughs> if it's got jelly in it, chances are Jono oh, probably absolutely. knows the vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I did want to put it out there that I wanted to do a test question how Johnny usually does with the purple skittle um but i couldn't figure out i couldn't exactly pinpoint the year that the flavor changed so i didn't want to i didn't want to put any more mystery around that so just well it it was in the i think it was in the ooze when it changed The ooze? Uh, the, <laughs> the ooze? ooze. Is, do people say the ooze? The, the noughties. The noughties, I think. But I like the I like ooze. The, yeah. I like the ooze. It makes it, it feels very Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> well, ding, let's just say that was correct. Ooze was correct for the when did the purple skittle <laughs> change flavor. 
<laughs> but I did also want to point out before we jumped into this that some decades did double up. The list like didn't. Oh wow! Yeah, just go through one of each. So some like don't be fooled if you hear a a decade again because it it still could be. Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. want to throw that out there. Okay, so right, essentially right, right. how I'm also going to format these questions is I will say the dish and then I'll give a description and then I'm going to give A or B. I like it. Okay, so, like and of like course, it. this game has to have a rhyming name. So oh, I was terrified there wasn't going to be one. <laughs> I was going on for a long quick. intro. No, I've got this. <laughs> but we're here. Okay. We're jumping into a dish so good you'll say it's to die for. But when were these dishes most adore? Perfect. Perfect. I capitalized D O R, so I need to emphasize it. Door rhyme with four. um, And then just ud. Perfect. Let's dive in. So there is as well seven dishes that we'll be exploring today. So diving into number one, we have oyster rolls. So eaten by all, these were used to bulk out meat dishes or served with alcohol, just like burgers and fries are today. In this decade, many iconic oyster restaurants opened, such as New York's Grand Central Oyster Bar, Casamento's in New Orleans, and Swan Oyster Depot in San Francisco. A particularly popular way to eat them was fried in white bread with lemon and hot sauce. Now, were oyster rolls more popular in the 1910s or the 1960s? Right. Okay. 1910s or the 1960s. Mm. I'm thinking... I'm thinking... I, I, I would expect... It to more likely, and I'm I'm talking through my process. I'm not yeah, locking no, anything. No, I appreciate yet, it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be I'd be tempted to think more towards the 60s because of um, the food uh, coming with hot sauce. I feel like hot sauce, it, particularly in sort of Western um, food, was not as big of a thing until. Mm. I, I was even thinking much more recently, but um, I could be very wrong on this. Um, I think I will. I think I'm going to go with the 1960s on this one. Okay. Locking it in? Locking it in. Okay. Well, <laughs> I hate to say it, Jono, but you could be indeed very wrong about this. It is the 1910s where the wow. oyster rolls were a very popular dish. Yes. Wow, I, oysters were popping up around the 1910s, just going I crazy. I I'm not sure what it was, but yeah, that's when they were most popular. So, or maybe not when they were most popular, but in the 1910s, they were a very popular dish. They were, they were popping. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Only question one. Let's dive into question two. So question two, we've got the crown jewel dessert. So in this decade, you couldn't go to a barbecue or a birthday without seeing this jello dessert on the table. Oh. It was made with orange, cherry, and lime jello cubes set in a whipped cream combined with lemon gelatin. Was this more popular in or was this popular in the 1960s or the 1950s? That that's uh, that does make it more tough. Mm. That it's the 60s or the 50s. You've cornered me. Here. I have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm terrified. Um, when you said crown jewels, it made me think of 
um, of course, like England and yep. that being like yep. one of the big things. Um, and I'm trying to think if it had anything to do with that as like a celebration for for the the Queen. But I think the Queen was crowned in the 40s. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> It, Trust your gut on this just, one, Jono. Yeah, you're going down I'm a, going, an I'm unrelated. Going, <laughs> I'm going 60s. And I'm very glad you did, Jono. Okay. 1960s is correct. Ooh, well yeah, done. I was, I was very close to saying 60s. <laughs> I did try and throw you off by putting them you, very close together, but yeah, you, that, you, and that you worked, nailed it. But you did throw me a bone with, with trust your gut. Yep. And my gut, um, ever since I tried that, a horrific amalgamation <laughs> of jelly fruit um, and t- like, I don't even kind of remember cream cheese. Um, my gut has been solidly stuck mm, in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> um, also for those wondering, I did just quickly open up the uh, I love food link to f- find out why the o- oyster. And I realized it's oyster loaf um, is what it was called. Oh. I'm not sure if rolls threw you off, but oyster rolls. Maybe. Oh, Surely not. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I was really thrown off um, by it. Um, loaf. Oh, loaf. We're talking tens no, if it's yeah. a loaf. <laughs> I was reading the definition and it goes into a little bit more detail. It said in the late 1800s, Americans became very good at harvesting oysters. And by 1910, oh. they cost half as much as beef because there was so many oysters because they were just very good at harvesting really? them, apparently. Half as much as, as beef. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. I know, considering now you pay like a dollar for oh. one and that's considered oh cheap as well. But Yeah, it's like, I don't know about if I had if I wanted that much beef, it'd cost me next to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. But there we go, context. Now <laughs> I feel like Jono's it was the take on beef. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like moving swiftly on from that one. Um, <laughs> Okay, number three is sliders. So sliders were everywhere in this decade. They've existed mm. at White Castle, which is an American burger joint, yeah. since 1921. Uh, but in this decade, they became more ubiquitous and gourmet. Little buns that can be filled with anything from meatballs and tomato sauce to beef rib and gruyere. Oh, I didn't know how right. to say that type of cheese. A but gruyere. Gruyere. <laughs> I believe so, it could, I could be wrong as well. Yeah. <laughs> Were sliders popular in the 2000s, a.k.a. the ooze, or oh. the 1990s? Oh, okay. Gee whiz. Righto. Okay, because mm. I was going to say, I I do know a bit about burger history. Ooh, um, okay. That's like another weird niche I know about. Um, but I, yeah, when you said like White Castle 1920s, that was bringing back some memories um but mm. then ooze on 1990s i i don't know as much um about that sort of time period as far as slider history goes so i feel like a boom in sliders <laughs> happened purely from my memory of um and, and not not memory, I should say, from what I've seen of like um, re redone like two thousands commercials for sliders for various food chains. I'm okay. gonna go two thousands on this. Jono, your burger knowledge 
has come in handy. It is oh, the ooze. Two thousands is correct. Well done. The ooze. Well done. <laughs> All right. The <laughs> I, yeah. I wanted, I've just thought I want to make a shirt now that says I'm a product of the ooze. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But oh it's gosh. Also, the more we say ooze, it's kind of disturbing me because it's making me think of like uh, a wound that's oozing. Um, <laughs> oh, no, why would you say that? I'm thinking more like Nickelodeon slime, oh. <laughs> which is very appropriate for the era as well. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Just, what are you thinking about a festering wound? Because you're saying ooze, and I'm ooze. I'm in my head, it's spelled O-O-Z-E, and what yeah. oozes... I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But I, I, that's not what I think. Is it, well, is it strange that my mind goes to entertainment when I think of ooze? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is it strange that my mind went to a, <laughs> an, a gauze? I'm not sure. <laughs> Jury's out on those ones. All right. <laughs> Question number four. We have the pineapple upside down cake, which iconic oh. to some, I probably wouldn't know where to place this. So good luck, Jono. It is a Hawaiian pineapple recipe. Yes. Oh, no. This is how it started. A Hawaiian pineapple recipe contest received thousands of entries for pineapple upside down cake, which may have triggered the trend of these being so popular. And also oh. during this decade, Pie Oh My Pineapple. So Pie Oh My was a brand. Pineapple. Yeah. They released an upside down cake mix, uh, which went on to sale, which also, which included not just the cake mix, but also tinned pineapple and cherries too. So it was super easy to make. So that also helped it rising in popularity in this decade. So was it more popular? And this one's another close one together to throw you a little bit. More popular in the 1940s or the 1950s? I'm going to lock in 50s with this one. I have very a feeling. Quick. It was quick. Um, there's, uh, I, I seem to have an odd fascination with historical food. Um, and I remember a there's a guy on YouTube, um, and I think he's on TikTok as well. His name's Dylan B. Hollis, and he just mm. makes, like, he collects all these old recipe books um, and and basically cooks the most odd recipes you can find. Uh, all of it's baking. And I seem to remember a pineapple upside down cake. And most of his content is around the fifties and sixties from memory. Um, mm. But it could, it could be forties, but I'm going to lock in fifties. Well, Jono, as I said, your research and your strange niche knowledge in this topic has come in handy again. It is the 1950s. Excellent. So we are going three from four at the moment. So you okay. just need one more and you have officially passed the, All the right. quiz, which is exciting. So without further ado, let's jump into number five. We have the delightfully sounding creamed chipped beef. So <gasps> creamed chipped beef uh, yes. uh, served over toast, apparently, was a common dish. So yes. for those too young to remember, aka me, I don't know what chipped beef is. Chipped beef is pressed, salted and fried beef that's then sliced into small pieces and rehydrated in white sauce. It was yes. also eaten by the United States Armed Forces. So was this more popular in the oh. 1950s? Or the 1930s? Oh, the 30s. Easy. Because I feel like if it's come back for the war, I, f- I feel like it was popular before the war for it to be a recipe. 
And so for it to be used by, uh, eaten by the armed forces, I'm feeling 30s to predecess the war. Correct. It was the 1930s. And apparently this was because it was when the, wait, you said 30s, right? Yeah, 36. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> there was just no sounds of celebration from your end. So I was yeah, like, sorry, did he sorry, say I'm... 50s and then he's just gone with it? <laughs> when uh, I said yeah, correct. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was because it was just after, like, or well, when the Great Depression hit in the... Yeah. Yeah. Then households returned to slim pickings, so to say. So that's yeah, why it, it sort of came back. Apparently it was popular and then, yeah, really resurfaced during the 1930s as well. Yeah, it... It was, it actually had a, it was given a name uh, by uh, soldiers, uh, which is, it's not the nicest name, so I'm going to um, paraphrase here. Oh, okay. It's a more alliterating name, uh, but it's essentially poo on a shovel, oh, is what it was called, because the chip beef looked like. yeah, yeah, on it... top of the bread, which Ugh. was most likely just stale. <laughs> That's what it was called. Charming. But correct, Jono, you have officially passed this quiz. And so yes! the the last two questions are honestly just for style points as we do. Okay. And no better way yeah, to go in style with key lime pie. So Ooh, named after okay. the tart and aromatic Florida Keys limes, key lime pie was a popular dessert in this decade. The delicious sweet treat has a cracker crust, filling of lime juice, sweetened condensed milk and egg yolks, and it's topped with meringue or whipped cream. And I must say, those Sims fans out there, this <laughs> is how I know what key lime pie is because it's one of the dishes you could make and I made it a lot. It always looked delicious and I wish I could taste it because it looked so yum on The Sims um, I mean, when my Sims got bad. to enjoy it. I mean, if you've got <laughs> condensed milk and like citrus and oh, yeah. meringue on top, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Get me some key lime pie. So was it more popular in the 1940s or the 1950s? <sighs> this one is very much a... Shot in the dark for me, I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Style points, I, Johnny, remember. Style, style points. points. For the style, <laughs> for the style, I'm going to say it was more popular in the 50s because 40s, you're more likely to have war rations and whatnot. So I'm going to say 50s. Oh, style points, not quite there. Um, no! Jono, it was the 1940s. Yeah, but you do have one more shot for style points because we've got one question. Question number seven. Watergate salad. It consists, and mind you, some listeners may (laughs) find this quite shocking. Uh, So Watergate salad consists of tinned pineapple, mini marshmallows, whipped cream, chopped nuts, and craft pistachio instant pudding mix. Not sure how this is classified as a salad, but that's what's in it. Uh, Was this more popular in the 1970s or the 1980s? I, purely for proximity to jelly salads or jello salads, as they'd be called in the Mm. States, I'm going to go 70s. I think that's my best bet here. I'm going to say 70s. Mm, Jono... You and weird recipes with Jello just get along yes. like like a Jello salad because that is I'm correct. Stylish. I'm stylish. <laughs> you are 
are stylish, Jono, and you are the king of jello salads. And yes. <laughs> yes, that I am. is you've passed with flying <laughs> colours. I'm very proud. This could not have have been more pleasing. Uh, congratulations. Oh, what a way. Thank we you will very not celebrate much. with a jello salad, but we will no. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> we'll think we'll think about it and we'll reflect on the joy we have for not yeah. uh, having to have jello salad. Yeah, that's um, the prize. I'm not gonna make you eat a jello salad. So there we go. <laughs> I was gonna be forced for jello salad if I got this wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Oh, gosh. But with that um, terrifying realisation for future <laughs> quizzes, uh, we will end uh, the episode. Um, so thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, as we've plugged a couple times throughout the show today, mm-hmm. uh, check us out on Instagram. We are at Zap the Podcast. Uh, we have our ultimate showdown competition extravaganza bonanza going on. Um, for the most uh, smashable summer drinks or the drink that makes you go, ah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so make sure you go in because um, we're going to have the rounds going on. Um, or Maybe already uh, some of them might have happened. You need to be in there. You need to be voting so that your favorite drinks will be forever. And I'm, I'm, this is, I'm not <laughs> sort of trying to make this a big thing or bigger than it is because this is a big thing, mm-hmm. right? Forever, they will be known as the the most refreshing summer drink, the most smashable summer drink, the drink that makes you go, ah. So, I mean, you've got to get on that because the stakes are high. Um, Very high. Never been higher. But uh, otherwise, you can head to our um our store out for some merch uh um and as i mentioned we have the tune and dimensions t-shirt uh which we've I come am, full circle <laughs> we have come full circle um much like a plate uh that someone would eat food off of and try to not pay for um, but you can head to thepodcast.theprintbar.com to check out the merch we have available there um if I feel particularly compelled to throughout this week. I might make a a product of the ooze t-shirt because I just I really like the idea of that. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll commission it from an artist. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's out of my like. I can do some some graphic design to a degree, but I feel like product of the ooze really needs to have some like Nickelodeon slime like mm. custom artwork done. That I don't think AI can can do. So, um, and uh, it'd be nice to support an artist. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Um, so check out the store. Uh, maybe that'll be up there in the near future. Um, but there's a whole bunch of great stuff up there. Refresh your wardrobe for summer because it's coming, um, and uh, it's already too hot in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's coming from a winter boy. So, <laughs> what can I say? Uh, anyways, enough chatting about the weather. Enough- <laughs> Oh, uh, been a bit humid recently. Yeah, I'm gonna wrap I, um, this episode up. Uh, far out. Yeah, you need to have the the fan on uh, when you're just in the in the bathroom without the shower even on. You just need to have that on because it's so humid all the time. Oh goodness me. Um, so you can uh, listen to more of um, such uh, dad chat. 
that I have going on <laughs> um, in other episodes. Um, check us. Listen through the back catalogue. Every single episode. That's your homework for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and enjoying this really long outro is also yeah. part of your homework for the week. Listen to every single episode of that. There's only 133 of them, um, but only 132 to go if this is your first Ooh, one. Um, so <laughs> do that. Uh, check in next week. Uh, you will be quizzed. Um, But thank you very much for listening and we will catch you on the next episode of SAS. Bye. Bye.